Chapter twenty one, part one of a serious call to a devout and holy life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jenny Bradshaw. A serious call to a devout and holy life by William Law. Chapter twenty one of the necessity and benefit of intercession considered as an exercise of universal love how all orders of men are to pray and intercede with god for one another how naturally such intercession amends and reforms the hearts of those that use it that intercession is a great and necessary part of christian devotion is very evident from scripture the first followers of christ seem to support all their love and to maintain all their intercourse and correspondence by mutual prayers for one another st paul whether he writes to churches or particular persons shows his intercession to be perpetual for them that they are the constant subject of his prayers thus to the philippians i thank my god upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making request with joy philippians chapter one verses three and four here we see not only a continual intercession but performed with so much gladness as shows that it was an exercise of love in which he highly rejoiced his devotion had also the same care for particular persons as appears by the following passages i thank god whom i serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing i have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day two timothy chapter one verse three how holy an acquaintance and friendship was this how worthy of persons that were raised above the world and related to one another as new members of a kingdom of heaven apostles and great saints did not only thus benefit and bless particular churches and private persons but they themselves also received graces from god by the prayers of others thus saith st paul to the corinthians you also helping together by prayer for us that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons thanks may be given by many on our behalf two corinthians chapter one verse eleven this was the ancient friendship of christians uniting and cementing their hearts not by worldly considerations or human passions but by the mutual communication of spiritual blessings by prayers and thanksgivings to god for one another it was this holy intercession that raised christians to such a state of mutual love as far exceeded all that had been praised and admired in human friendship and when the same spirit of intercession is again in the world when christianity has the same power over the hearts of people that it then had this holy friendship will be again in fashion and christians will be again the wonder of the world for that exceeding love which they bear to one another for a frequent intercession with god earnestly beseeching him to forgive the sins of all mankind to bless them with his providence enlighten them with his spirit and bring them to everlasting happiness is the divinest exercise that the heart of man can be engaged in be daily therefore on your knees in a solemn deliberate performance of this devotion praying for others in such forms with such length importunity and earnestness as you use for yourself and you will find all little ill-natured passions die away your heart grow great and generous delighting in the common happiness of others as you used only to delight in your own for he that daily prays to god that all men may be happy in heaven takes the likeliest way to make him wish for and delight in their happiness on earth 
and it is hardly possible for you to beseech and entreat god to make any one happy in the highest enjoyments of his glory to all eternity and yet be troubled to see him enjoy the much smaller gifts of god in this short and low state of human life for how strange and unnatural would it be to pray to god to grant health and a longer life to a sick man and at the same time envy him the poor pleasure of agreeable medicines yet this would be no more strange or unnatural than to pray to god that your neighbour may enjoy the highest degrees of his mercy and favour and yet at the same time envy him the little credit and figure he hath amongst his fellow-creatures when therefore you have once habituated your heart to a serious performance of this holy intercession you have done a great deal to render it incapable of spite and envy and to make it naturally delight in the happiness of all mankind this is the natural effect of a general intercession for all mankind but the greatest benefits of it are then received when it descends to such particular instances as our state and condition in life more particularly require of us though we are to treat all mankind as neighbours and brethren as any occasion offers yet as we can only live in the actual society of a few and are by our state and condition more particularly related to some than others so when our intercession is made an exercise of love and care for those amongst whom our lot is fallen or who belong to us in a nearer relation it then becomes the greatest benefit to ourselves and produces its best effects in our own hearts if therefore you should always change and alter your intercessions according as the needs and necessities of your neighbours or acquaintance seem to require beseeching god to deliver them from such or such particular evils or to grant them this or that particular gift or blessing such intercessions besides the great charity of them would have a mighty effect upon your own heart as disposing you to every other good office and to the exercise of every other virtue towards such persons as have so often a place in your prayers this would make it pleasant to you to be courteous civil and condescending to all about you and make you unable to say or do a rude or hard thing to those for whom you had used yourself to be so kind and compassionate in your prayers for there is nothing that makes us love a man so much as praying for him and when you can once do this sincerely for any man you have fitted your soul for the performance of everything that is kind and civil towards him this will fill your heart with a generosity and tenderness that will give you a better and sweeter behaviour than anything that is called fine breeding and good manners by considering yourself as an advocate with god for your neighbours and acquaintance you would never find it hard to be at peace with them yourself it would be easy to you to bear with and forgive those for whom you particularly implored the divine mercy and forgiveness such prayers as these amongst neighbours and acquaintance would unite them to one another in the strongest bonds of love and tenderness it would exalt and ennoble their souls and teach them to consider one another in a higher state as members of a spiritual society that are created for the enjoyment of the common blessings of god and fellow-heirs of the same future glory and by being thus desirous that every one should have his full share of the favours of god they would not only be content but glad to see one another happy in the little enjoyments of this transitory life these would be the natural effects of such an intercession amongst people of the same town or neighbourhood or that were acquainted with one another's state and condition oranius is a holy priest full of the spirit of the gospel watching labouring and praying for a poor country village 
every soul in it is as dear to him as himself and he loves them all as he loves himself because he prays for them all as often as he prays for himself if his whole life is one continual exercise of great zeal and labour hardly ever satisfied with any degree of care and watchfulness it is because he has learned the great value of souls by so often appearing before god as an intercessor for them he never thinks he can love or do enough for his flock because he never considers them in any other view than as so many persons that by receiving the gifts and graces of god are to become his hope his joy and his crown of rejoicing he goes about his parish and visits everybody in it but visits in the same spirit of piety that he preaches to them he visits them to encourage their virtues to assist them with his advice and counsel to discover their manner of life and to know the state of their souls that he may intercede with god for them according to their particular necessities when oranius first entered into holy orders he had a haughtiness in his temper a great contempt and disregard for all foolish and unreasonable people but he has prayed away this spirit and has now the greatest tenderness for the most obstinate sinners because he is always hoping that god will sooner or later hear those prayers that he makes for their repentance the rudeness ill-nature or perverse behaviour of any of his flock used at first to betray him into impatience but it now raises no other passion in him than a desire of being upon his knees in prayer to god for them thus have his prayers for others altered and amended the state of his own heart it would strangely delight you to see with what spirit he converses with what tenderness he reproves with what affection he exhorts and with what vigour he preaches and it is all owing to this because he reproves exhorts and preaches to those for whom he first prays to god this devotion softens his heart enlightens his mind sweetens his temper and makes everything that comes from him instructive amiable and affecting at his first coming to his little village it was as disagreeable to him as a prison and every day seemed too tedious to be endured in so retired a place he thought his parish was too full of poor and mean people that were none of them fit for the conversation of a gentleman this put him upon a close application to his studies he kept much at home writ notes upon homer and plautus and sometimes thought it hard to be called to pray by any poor body when he was just in the midst of one of homer's battles this was his polite or i may rather say poor ignorant turn of mind before devotion had got the government of his heart but now his days are so far from being tedious or his parish too great a retirement that he now only wants more time to do that variety of good which his soul thirsts after the solitude of his little parish is become a matter of great comfort to him because he hopes that god has placed him and his flock there to make it their way to heaven he can now not only converse with but gladly attend and wait upon the poorest kind of people he is now daily watching over the weak and infirm humbling himself to perverse rude ignorant people wherever he can find them and is so far from desiring to be considered as a gentleman that he desires to be used as the servant of all and in the spirit of his lord and master girds himself and is glad to kneel down and wash any of their feet he now thinks the poorest creature in his parish good enough and great enough to deserve the humblest attendances the kindest friendships the tenderest offices he can possibly show them he is so far now from wanting agreeable company that he thinks there is no better conversation in the world than to be talking with poor and mean people about the kingdom of heaven 
all these noble thoughts and divine sentiments are the effects of his great devotion he presents every one so often before god in his prayers that he never thinks he can esteem reverence or serve those enough for whom he implores so many mercies from god oranius is mightily affected with this passage of holy scripture the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much james chapter five verse sixteen this makes him practise all the arts of holy living and aspire after every instance of piety and righteousness that his prayers for his flock may have their full force and avail much with god for this reason he has sold a small estate that he had and has erected a charitable retirement for ancient poor people to live in prayer and piety that his prayers being assisted by such good works may pierce the clouds and bring down blessings upon those souls committed to his care oranius reads how god himself said unto abimelech concerning abraham he is a prophet he shall pray for thee and thou shalt live genesis chapter twenty verse seven and again how he said to job and my servant job shall pray for you for him will i accept job chapter forty two verse eight from these passages oranius justly concludes that the prayers of men eminent for holiness of life have an extraordinary power with god that he grants to other people such pardons reliefs and blessings through their prayers as would not be granted to men of less piety and perfection this makes oranius exceeding studious of christian perfection searching after every grace and holy temper purifying his heart all manner of ways fearful of every error and defect in his life lest his prayers for his flock should be less availing with god through his own defects in holiness this makes him careful of every temper of his heart give alms of all that he hath watch and fast and mortify and live according to the strictest rules of temperance meekness and humility that he may be in some degree like an abraham or a job in his parish and make such prayers for them as god will hear and accept these are the happy effects which a devout intercession hath produced in the life of oranius and if other people in their several stations were to imitate this example in such a manner as suited their particular state of life they would certainly find the same happy effects from it if masters for instance were thus to remember their servants in their prayers beseeching god to bless them and suiting their petitions to the particular wants and necessities of their servants letting no day pass without a full performance of this part of devotion the benefit would be as great to themselves as to their servants no way so likely as this to inspire them with a true sense of that power which they have in their hands to make them delight in doing good and becoming exemplary in all the parts of a wise and good master the presenting their servants so often before god as equally related to god and entitled to the same expectations of heaven as themselves would naturally incline them to treat them not only with such humanity as became fellow-creatures but with such tenderness care and generosity as became fellow-heirs of the same glory this devotion would make masters inclined to everything that was good towards their servants be watchful of their behaviour and as ready to require of them an exact observance of the duties of christianity as of the duties of their service this would teach them to consider their servants as god's servants to desire their perfection to do nothing before them that might corrupt their minds to impose no business upon them that should lessen their sense of religion or hinder them from their full share of devotion both public and private 
this praying for them would make them as glad to see their servants eminent in piety as themselves and contrive that they should have all the opportunities and encouragements both to know and perform all the duties of the christian life how natural would it be for such a master to perform every part of family devotion to have constant prayers to excuse no one's absence from them to have the scriptures and books of piety often read amongst his servants to take all opportunity of instructing them of raising their minds to god and teaching them to do all their business as a service to god and upon the hopes and expectations of another life how natural would it be for such an one to pity their weakness and ignorance to bear with the dullness of their understandings or the perverseness of their tempers to reprove them with tenderness exhort them with affection as hoping that god would hear his prayers for them how impossible would it be for a master that thus interceded with god for his servants to use any unkind threatenings towards them to damn and curse them as dogs and scoundrels and treat them only as the dregs of the creation this devotion would give them another spirit and make them consider how to make proper returns of care kindness and protection to those who had spent their strength and time in service and attendance upon them now if gentlemen think it too low an employment for their state and dignity to exercise such a devotion as this for their servants let them consider how far they are from the spirit of christ who made himself not only an intercessor but a sacrifice for the whole race of sinful mankind let them consider how miserable their greatness would be if the son of god should think it as much below him to pray for them as they do to pray for their fellow-creatures let them consider how far they are from that spirit which prays for its most unjust enemies if they have not kindness enough to pray for those by whose labours and service they live in ease themselves again if parents should thus make themselves advocates and intercessors with god for their children constantly applying to heaven in behalf of them nothing would be more likely not only to bless their children but also to form and dispose their own minds to the performance of everything that was excellent and praiseworthy i do not suppose but that the generality of parents remember their children in their prayers and call upon god to bless them but the thing here intended is not a general remembrance of them but a regular method of recommending all their particular needs and necessities unto god and of praying for every such particular grace and virtue for them as their state and condition of life shall seem to require the state of parents is a holy state in some degree like that of the priesthood and calls upon them to bless their children with their prayers and sacrifices to god thus it was that holy job watched over and blessed his children he sanctified them he rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all job chapter one verse five if parents therefore considering themselves in this light should be daily calling upon god in a solemn deliberate manner altering and extending their intercessions as the state and growth of their children required such devotion would have a mighty influence upon the rest of their lives it would make them very circumspect in the government of themselves prudent and careful of everything they said or did lest their example should hinder that which they so constantly desired in their prayers if a father were daily making particular prayers to god that he would please to inspire his children with true piety great humility and strict temperance what could be more likely to make the father himself become exemplary in these virtues how naturally would he grow ashamed of wanting such virtues as he thought necessary for his children 
so that his prayers for their piety would be a certain means of exalting his own to its greatest height if a father thus considered himself as an intercessor with god for his children to bless them with his prayers what more likely means to make him aspire after every degree of holiness that he might thereby be fitter to obtain blessings from heaven for them how would such thoughts make him avoid everything that was sinful and displeasing to god lest when he prayed for his children god should reject his prayers how tenderly how religiously would such a father converse with his children whom he considered as his little spiritual flock whose virtues he was to form by his example encouraged by his authority nourished by his counsel and prosper by his prayers to god for them how fearful would he be of all greedy and unjust ways of raising their fortune of bringing them up in pride and indulgence or of making them too fond of the world lest he should thereby render them incapable of those graces which he was so often beseeching god to grant them these being the plain natural happy effects of this intercession all parents i hope who have the real welfare of their children at heart who desire to be their true friends and benefactors and to live amongst them in the spirit of wisdom and piety will not neglect so great a means both of raising their own virtue and doing an eternal good to those who are so near and dear to them by the strongest ties of nature End of chapter twenty one part one recording by jenny bradshaw